This is the Sermon Podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Before you stand for the hearing of the gospel, I'd like you to hear today's psalm. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Holy wisdom, holy word. Now I invite you to stand for the hearing of our gospel lesson this morning. Our gospel comes from John, the eighth chapter. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Holy wisdom, holy word. Maybe seated. Happy Reformation Sunday. It is not Reformation Day, that is actually next Saturday, but this is the day of the church when we celebrate Reformation Day. So I thought I'd start by sharing what Reformation is and where it came from. It is a uniquely Protestant holiday, coincidentally falling on All Hallows' Eve or October 31st. No one in a Catholic church this morning is celebrating the Reformation. In the 16th century, which is the 1500s, in northern and central Europe, the Catholic Church had control over the political structures of the time. As their power and control grew, even the the Catholic Church fell into the earthly temptation, and they began to rule over people out of a need to control them and out of greed. Religious reformers, like Martin Luther and John Calvin, 
challenged papal authority. Now, there was another reformer, Henry VIII, you know the story, but his challenge was all about him wanting to get rid of a wife and not about reform in the church. So, the authority of the Pope was questioned by both Martin Luther and John Calvin. And they questioned the Catholic Church's ability to redefine or to define Christian practice. They and others argued for a religious and political redistribution of power into the hands of Bible-reading pastors and theologians. Now, as Lutherans, we spend a whole lot more time focusing on Martin Luther than John Calvin, hence the Lutheran name. And Martin Luther spent many years in anguish trying to come to terms with the righteous freeing love that Jesus is clearly offering in the Gospels and in the New Testament, and the continuing message from church leaders of the time that it took a lot of money, acts of goodness and mercy, and some more money given to the Catholic Church to buy or earn your way into the kingdom of God, into heaven. There are reports that say that Luther could be heard crying in anguish to God nightly, almost sounding like a madman. In the midst of his struggles with doing what seemed like the right thing and what the church leaders were saying was right, Luther finally found and heard solace in the words of Jesus to the disciples. In scriptures, much like today's. Luther's frustration with the practice of buying indulgences, paying for sins, past, present, and future, led him to write the 95 Theses. By doing this, he made a big, bold statement, and a copy of it made it to Rome. Now, the statement he made was that we were not, or could not, buy our way into heaven, that paying the Catholic Church was not loving God. That was not what was going to help us. And so, consequently, the Catholic Church and the Pope began efforts to convince Luther to change his tune. He refused to keep silent. And in 1521, Pope Leo X formally excommunicated Luther from the Catholic Church, removed him as a priest, and disallowed his right to ever receive communion. That's not very Lutheran. That same year, Luther again refused to recant his writings before the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V of Germany, who then issued the famous Edict of Worms, spelled W-O-R-M-S, which I think is really appropriate, which declared Luther an outlaw and a heretic and gave permission to anyone who wanted to to kill Luther without consequence thrown out of the church, a price on his head, no place to go, all because he spoke the truth and people, and he called out people for doing what was wrong. Ouch. A painful, ripping, tearing event, to be sure. I do think that the people chose electionary texts for today did a really good job. On a day when we are remembering and celebrating Martin Luther's bravery, the lectionary texts today are marvelously strong. 
In Jeremiah, we started out by hearing, The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. A promise from God that something new is coming. In the midst of a difficult time, God is promising to the people of Israel, and we can hear it still today, God promising us. He's promising that God's people will prevail because goodness will prevail. Love will prevail. And that because God is giving that love and goodness to the people, writing it on their hearts, he's defining a world full of love for them. God is promising to all God's love. And he's promising that it will be written on our hearts. And we will have no excuse to live outside of God's love, except by our own choosing, because God is choosing love for us. And then we have Psalm 46. God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. What solace those words must have been to Martin Luther, to know that no matter what trouble came his way, Reading Psalm 46, he would be like we are, reminded that God would be his refuge and strength. This past week I had coffee and a conversation with Pastor Fred Weesey. And we talked a little bit about our sermons for today. And he said something that stuck with me. I always think that Pastor Fred is a wise and gentle man. And he said something along the lines that when Martin Luther went, what he went through was enough to make him run into a castle, pull up the drawbridge, pull a blanket over his head, and hide in safety. Which is kind of, by the way, what happened. Except his friends whisked him off because they knew there was a price on his head. And they put him in the castle at Wartburg where he was safe but he did not put a blanket over his head. The, cat, the Wartburg Castle, by the way, looks exactly like you ex- would expect the castle to look. Big stone windows, walls, windows way up high, drawbridges over a moat. But the part of our conversation that struck me was this. Castles and moats and drawbridges might make us safe. But keeping God's message of love and grace from the world, from people who need to hear that money can't buy you love or a place in heaven, can't be done while hiding in a castle, literally or figuratively. In order to spread the word that we're called to spread, we have to put down the drawbridge and walk into the world a world that might be full of perils and hurts and mean people. But we still have to do it to share God's love. So Martin Luther spent his time well in the castle at Wartburg, and he translated the Bible from the first time from Latin into German. And with the printing press newly released into the world, something, a new invention for people, the Bible was finally able to be put into the hands of the people in a language that they could read. Martin Luther knew that we need to read the words, to say the words, and to share the love and do works of justice. All of the people couldn't do that 
if only some of the people could read the truth. Thankfully for us, Martin Luther read more of Psalm 46. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. We will not fear because God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. In preaching class, the first one I took at seminary, Dr. Hank Langnecht teaches a four-page approach to writing a sermon. The first page is about what is the trouble or conflict in the text. And the second page is what is the trouble or conflict in our current time. The third is where is God at work in the text? And the fourth is, where is God at work in our world today, particularly in relationship to the situations on page two? The brokenness of sin. It makes sense for us to pay attention to the trouble in the text in Luther's time and in our own time. And in our case today, we can identify not just the trouble of the Israelites, but we can also identify with Luther and our own time. We should easily be able to draw lines of commonality from the troubles of the Israelites to Martin Luther to today. The Israelites were in trouble and being oppressed by the government. Martin Luther was in trouble and the church, a.k.a. the government, was trying to oppress Luther and all Christians. Today... We are in trouble from rampant egos, and honestly, we have a government that is becoming more and more oppressive. When we read Romans today, we hear clearly that the laws of humans are a path to sin. And the law of God, the law of love, love your God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself, that that law is the path to God. I would be surprised if any one of us could name a time in history when it hasn't been true. When one group of people isn't trying to oppress or manipulate another group. When greed and gluttony and the need for power and control hasn't been a part of our reality. As humans, we get so full of ourselves that we forget to shed our earthly clothes and just stand naked in the love of God. If we could do that... Stand clothed only in the love of Jesus the Christ and God the Creator. Now that would be something. How amazing would our lives be if we could do that? If we could hear love from one another, love enough to tell each other when we're straying, and then if we could love one another enough to hear someone tell us when we're straying. Of all the lessons for today... God, John's gospel this morning is currently one of my favorites. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus stands there and tells them that if they can continue to follow in the way, the way, the way of love, loving all, sharing love with all, then they will know the truth. 
if they can continue to love God, to love Jesus, then they will know the truth. They will know God's love. And they will be free from earthly sins. Not the truth as in, this is a lie and this is the truth. But in the idea that the truth that Jesus is speaking is God's love. That's the truth. That's the only truth. And if they could do that, continue to live in truth, then they would be truly free. Free from sin. Jesus is asking a lot of us mere mortals. It's a lot to ask. Because it is a constant human decision to do the right thing. To make the right decision. And we do not always get it right. And people got hurt. And we hear the disciples say to Jesus that they have never been slaves. How then can they be set free? And Jesus wants them to understand. Just as Jesus wants us to understand. That it isn't about being held captive by people, but captive to our own sin. Captive to wanting what the world has to offer. Captive to lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, pride. If we can be free of these and only live in love, then we are promised to be free and loved. We're already loved. It's what Martin Luther heard in the words of Jesus, that earthly powers would want us to live under earthly laws. Even the Catholic Church fell into that trap. Any church could fall into that trap, and others have. But Martin Luther lived and worked to change this, to open the eyes of the people of God to God's word again. The words of Jesus, the words of hope in the midst of trouble. Martin Luther lived the truth, and the truth set him free. Love, the love of Jesus, set Martin Luther free and sets us up to be a people who can read the Bible for ourselves, who can understand that truth is love and that love is what we are called to do. Love God and love one another. The Reformation wasn't a once-and-done kind of thing. We are reforming as we speak, and we need to be reforming always, reminding one another to go back to the Bible, to read for themselves, to read for ourselves, and to understand for ourselves the love and truth and grace that is ours through the power of the risen Christ. There may be times when we need to fight to make the truth be heard, just as Martin Luther did. Remember in those times that God is our refuge and strength. There may be a time when we need to allow our friends to hide us away for a while, a time when we need to speak God's word as it is spoken to us, a time when we need to drop the drawbridge walk out into the world, face all the ugly, horrible things that we're afraid of, and change the world by spreading the truth, the love of God. When that time comes, 
we can be strong because the God of Jacob is our stronghold. Amen.